Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And welcome ever to the first broadcasting of TelegraphLocal.com's new podcast. So from now on, instead of just contributing stories to other popular podcasts, we now have our own very own special, cool, awesome sauce podcast. 100% by TelegraphLocal.com, our staff and our writer. So this is the first ever podcast that we've launched, which is super exciting for us. And I want to have this big celebration about how awesome it is and and yay for us and so on and so forth about how we're moving up the ladder and all that fun stuff. But to be honest with you, there's really nothing to celebrate this day and age with the current political climate that we're in. So we're going to have some pretty heavy discussions on the show. Now, we're not going to spend the entire time our show is live bashing other people and bashing news organizations and all that fun mess because the reality of it is it's not going to solve anything. We're not going to get anywhere knowing that other people sometimes just aren't that bright. So instead of doing that, we're just going to cover the topics. We're going to cover current news articles, and we're going to go through and kind of break them down. And we're going to discuss them, maybe bring in some guests, um, and, and really get to the heart of those, those topics that, that seems to me like a lot of other people aren't doing. So we're going to try to get rid of some of the frustration level and, and go from there and see what happens. You know, at this time and age, common sense is it's just it's not there. Whether you're Republican or Democrat, there's so much just hoopla going on in the world that it's hard to kind of dig through it. It's hard to find the facts and the true facts. If you listen to CNN and Fox and MSNBC and everyone else, it's, it's difficult because it seems to me, and I think like a lot of others, those news sources are geared to one side of the political aisle or the other. So it's very hard to find that in the middle kind of main, not well, not mainstream, really. If, if you want to look at it in a broad perspective, you kind of have to listen to both sides and figure out exactly where the middle is, right? There's always a middle. There's always the truth to a lie, right? And that truth usually lies somewhere in the middle of what two people are saying. And so that's what we're going to do for you here. We're going to try our best to dissect that stuff and to, and to get it out there and let you hear it and let you make your own mind up. To give you a, an example of, of my voting record, which may not be the best thing in the world to broadcast on a podcast, but I'm going to do it anyway. I literally have voted both Democrat and Republican throughout my entire adult life. I am now almost 42 years old, and every single election cycle, I've literally voted for someone different. For example, I voted my first ever election I voted for was Bill Clinton. First ever time I was legally able to vote was Bill Clinton. I've then voted for Bush. I've then voted for Obama twice. I'm not going to tell you who I voted for this time because you probably won't like me, but that's not the point. That is not the point. So the topic of today's show, the first ever show – is going to be how is President Trump handling the COVID-19 crisis? But first, let's do a little celebration because this is kind of our first, so our first ever podcast. You know, I do want to kind of feel special for that. 
Okay, now I feel special. So, show how is President Trump handling the COVID-19 crisis? We're going to go through some arguments. We're going to play the what if game. Um, what if we had spies and so on and so forth? Uh, and then we're going to go into just some background of it and kind of understand why he made the decisions he made. Um, were they good decisions? Were they bad decisions? Uh, the timeline of how the virus came to the U.S., um, where it started, when it started, uh, the steps along the way to, to get there, so on and so forth. But first, I got to be honest with you. I was listening to the news this morning, as I'm sure a lot of you do. If you listen to this podcast, I'm sure the news is something that's important to you. We're coming up on political voting season, right? In November, we're going to cast our ballots yet again like we do every single four years. Four years ago, almost four years ago, there was a big upset. There was a big upset for a reason. People were sick and tired of not being heard. The, the middle of America, the middle class finally got heard, and they got heard by casting a vote for who they wanted to be president. But it, it goes way deeper than that. This, this started 100 years ago with the way politics has been going, and, and the, the, the track has been following. It's been following this track of whoever tells the best lies wins. And that may sound harsh, and I'm not saying every political candidate lies. That's by far not the case. I believe that every political candidate is, is down, down – when you get down to it, is a good person. I think they're good people. I don't think that Joe Biden is a bad person in himself. Is he a bad candidate? Would he be a bad president? That's the question you need to ask yourself through process of elimination. Is Donald Trump a good guy? I honestly think deep down inside, Donald Trump's a decent guy. I don't think he's a bad person per se. Is he being a good president? Was he the best political choice and the best candidate to choose based on what we knew, based on those who voted for him, where they saw uh, the, 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 the economy and rights and all the other hoopla that comes around with you voting? Did, did they see that fall apart in the last 20 or 30 years of their adult lifetime, 40, 50 years of their adult life, lifetime? Did they want to see a change? Did they want to see new stuff? Yes, they did, because they voted for a candidate that won, that promised he was going to flip the script on Washington, and that he did. Um, anyway, so I was listening to the news this morning, and, and so Joe Biden gave a press conference, right? This press conference, it wasn't a press conference, right? it, whatever. Tomato tomato on that, right? He gave an interview on a radio show, and the, the guy that interviewed him is probably one of the best interviewers in, in black media. But he asked tough questions. He doesn't play around. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't give candidates a pass on the air to make to, to prop them up he doesn't do any of that he just asked straight questions and asked straight response but so it's, the bottom line is towards the end of this interview time was running out and joe biden and the staff were obviously trying to get him off the air biden gave an excuse about how his wife had to go on in a few minutes to talk and she probably did who knows but he said something at the end that baffled me joe biden said if you don't vote for me you quote unquote ain't black Think about that for a minute. I want you to think about that phrase from the Democrat vice president who's now running for president. If you don't vote for me, you ain't black. So what you're telling the 1.3 million black Americans that voted for Donald Trump is that they ain't black. Well, you ain't – but the color of your skin, it, 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 it's not there. They, you, you're, you're, you're either not colors or now you're a white person. Because you voted for Donald Trump. Because if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. So what you're telling black voters is that you don't have a choice. You can't vote for Donald Trump. Because if you're black, you have to vote for me, Joe Biden. Because 
for the last 50, 60 years, the Democrat Party has, has concentrated on getting the black vote. That's been their bread and butter. You had 1.3 million black Americans decide three and a half, almost four years ago, that that simply wasn't the case. So what you're doing to get the black vote is telling people, black people, that if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. So I guess, I guess the 1.3 million black people in this country that openly voted for Donald Trump last time, I guess they're now white. It, it's, it's so stupid. It's just it's ignorant at its best. It's, it's blaming it's, uh, put this way, it's, it, how can I put this in a, in a nice way? It's telling the country that people should still be held, held accountable from their views in 1820 as opposed to 2020. Like, I really believe this, and, and I do believe this. I'm in the world a lot. I talk to a lot of people. I see a lot of people. And, and all of us do. I think that – in fact, I'm pretty sure that 99% of the United States – really isn't racist. Yeah, you have the few that are, and they're out there, and they're loud, and they're disgusting, and it's the Ku Klux Klan, and it's, it's, it's David Duke, and it's all types of other underground racism going on, right? And, and there are some people like that. That's never going to change. It, it, racism in this country will never go away. It's not going to happen. The good news is that the vast majority, if not almost all Americans, at least 99%, don't vote and don't throw their cards at being a racist. It's, it's a dying argument. In fact, I think the argument's been dead a long time. I think, I think the Democrats just love to beat a dead horse with that particular argument. And I think they think they do it because it's a winning strategy. Well, it was proved wrong last election because it wasn't a winning strategy. They say, oh, Donald Trump, he just won, but he didn't win the popular, the popular vote. He didn't do that, but that doesn't matter. That's not the way – this country is not a democracy. It's a constitutional republic. It's not – mob rule doesn't run this country. There's a very big reason why we have the voting system set up that we have. It's so everybody's voice gets heard, not just the biggest cities. Now, granted, a lot of times the biggest cities usually vote Democrat because a lot of them are run by Democratic governors, mayors, so on and so forth. That's not the point. The point is that we are not – we. this country is guided by a, by a piece of paper, by the Constitution, right? Yeah. How about them apples? Anyway, the point of, our, uh, of us becoming the greatest country in the world in a matter of a couple, couple hundred years is because of how the Founding Fathers set things up. They saw things coming that we never saw coming, and they set the country up to – Make sure that every voice got heard. So it doesn't matter who wins the popular vote. It matters who gets the most delegates. And that's just the way it is. Now, you can scream, oh, I want to change this. Oh, this sucks. This is, this is crap. This doesn't – but the funny thing is that's only an argument when Democrats lose elections. When Barack Obama won, that argument didn't come up. When Bill Clinton won, that argument didn't come up. They can say, oh, yeah, but he also won the popular vote, and that's true. But the point is we knew that there could be a situation where someone got elected that didn't win the popular vote. We've known for over 200 years. It's never been addressed. 
especially to the level it's been addressed at now until Donald Trump became president. And that's just the facts of it. Just the facts. So you can hate it or, or, or love it or not really care. Probably I don't really care. I think all of us should gather the information we need for all of us as adults to make intelligent decisions, just like we do every day, just like when we take a shower or we brush our teeth or we do all these things. We do this as intelligent adults. There's a reason why you have to be 18 to vote, not 16 or 15 or 14 or 12 or 10. It's because over the age of 18 in this country, we consider people adults who can make adult decisions. Now, that's sketchy at best because I, at 18, I surely was no adult, and I don't think any of us were. But that's the age of, of legal responsibility and legal choices. So that's the age we get when we vote. So keep that in mind. The way the world works isn't perfect. The way this country functions isn't perfect, but it's not imperfect. Joe Biden, this is a guy who in the 90s spearheaded, spearheaded legislation to increase prison time for crimes that predominantly black or African-American people went to prison for. Think about that. Spearheaded it. And now he has the, the, the smugness, the arrogance to say, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. I, just, I never – it's got to be one of the smuggest things I've ever heard a person say. Like they're entitled to the votes just because of the color of your skin, not for what you can do for them but for the color of their skin. Congratulations, Joe Biden. You're helping black America segregate themselves. Makes no logical sense. Anyway, I could go on this rampant all day, and I don't want to do that. That's not the point of the show. But I felt that I needed to speak out here because that's the most ignorant thing I've ever seen or heard anyone say in my life. If you don't vote for me, you ain't black. And I want everybody listening to this program to think about that for a second. You know what I think of it? That about sums it up. That about sums it up. So we're going to get into our topic uh, today is how President Trump is handling the COVID-19 crisis. I've got some really big notes here, if you can if you can hear them. Those are all my notes. Pages of them. I'm just kidding. Uh, let's lead into a quick commercial break real quick to, um, to brag about telegraphlocal.com as the only real opinion-free news source on the web. Guess what? It's free. There's not even a payment wall. All you got to do is Go to your browser and put in telegraphlocal.com, and there will be every type of opinion-free news article up. And let me get this straight first before we go into commercial break. Telegraph Local, every single thing we write is fact-based. There's, there is, there's no opinion at all anywhere on our site. I don't care where you look. We don't do opinion pieces. We don't write about opinion. Opinion is not important to us. Facts are important to us. Facts should be important to you because without the facts, we make wrong decisions. We make wrong choices. As it comes to our new podcast, Unredacted, we are going to be fact-based with opinion brought in because this is a whole other wing of Telegraph Local, telegraphlocal.com. 
is a fact-based opinion show backed up by a fact-based website that posts nothing but fast, fact-based articles. Let's run a commercial break so we can get this, to, this ball on the roll, and we'll be right back in about a minute. This podcast is brought to you by Telegraph Local, telegraphlocals.com, web's only real opinion-free breaking news platform. At Telegraph Local, our team reports and delivers real facts for real reporting. In this day and age, facts are extremely important. Facts matter. Real news matters. The only real place to find these facts is on telegraphlocal.com. So if you like many, many, many others, are tired of the same misconstrued reality of the world and of the current aggressive political landscape, come on over to telegraphlocal.com. We'd love to have you. Read, comment, share. Telegraph Local, your opinion-free news headquarters. All right, we are back. I think I should have put some intro music into that. <laughs> Oops. You know, I'm just like a lot of things in life I'm learning, and I'm learning this whole sound clip, video clip, platform kind of thing, so we're getting there. But we'll play around with it and have a little bit of fun. It doesn't really matter. Um, we're going to get to this thing. But, you know, it's funny. I just saw um, a UPS drive by, uh, and, and then Amazon right behind it. And then about five seconds later, um, it was FedEx, right? So all these delivery guys are out. Right, so we're we're in a we're in a weird time in life right now. Like we're all locked down, right? We're all locked down, and, and half the country screaming, "Oh my God, if we go outside, we're gonna die. We're going, they're gonna kill us. We're gonna suck in this virus, and it's gonna eat us alive. And not only that, if we don't get sick, we're gonna give it to our grandparents who have been alive for ninety years, and they're gonna die. Die. Fear. Be fearful. Be scared. Fearful. Be scared. Yeah. Then we start finding out other things. But it's just it's just funny how we see all these delivery people out, right? Like we don't give a damn about delivery people, right? Like we're sitting around on our couch right now, bored out of our minds, going bankrupt, not wondering how we're going to feed our kids tomorrow. But yet we're ordering stuff on Amazon, right? We're ordering little trinkets to keep us busy. We're we're getting uh, we're getting tired of watching Netflix. We're complaining that according to, to to Cuomo, all we're doing is sitting around complaining that there's nothing left on Netflix to watch, right? Or Amazon Prime to watch, or or Hulu or the million other movie channel thingies out there to this day, this on-demand craziness, right? That is what people think. According to Governor Cuomo, that's what people think. The reality of it is people are thinking, oh, my God, how am I going to pay my rent or my mortgage? How am I going to feed my kids? How am I going to put gas in the car once – Work does start back up, and when work starts back up, am I going to have a job? That's what the vast majority of American citizens are thinking right now, Americans as a whole, is, oh, my God, I've been out of work for two months. I've gotten a direct deposit or a check in the mail for $1,200. Give me a break. Why are the current leaders, instead of addressing the real issues, prancing around, giving interviews where they're not asked hard questions where they're, they're they're skating through this like they are jesus christ like they are saving the world by demanding people don't have the basic freedoms in this country which is going to work and earning a living 
It's the most retarded thing I've ever seen. So, you know, we were so scared. Oh, my God, if you touch anything, you're going to get this virus. You're going to get COVID-19, and you're going to slowly wither away at your apartment, and you're going to be found dead on your bed three weeks later, smelly and rotten. That's what we've been pushed into our face for the last two months. Now we're finding out it's not really freaking true, is it? If it was, we certainly wouldn't be risking Amazon guy's life, delivery dude out there dropping off packages just so we could be happier in our misery, just so we could get our $6 special coffee mug that we can stare at while we drink coffee out of, wondering when we're not going to have any more coffee to drink because we don't have a job and we can't afford it. If we really thought, if leaders really thought that was the case, why would they be letting you grab packages? Well, come to find out, there's a reason. The reason is because the CDC has now said, oh, well, it doesn't transfer very – COVID doesn't transfer very easily on solid surfaces. So it's okay to get your packages in the mail. Well, as long as you can afford them. Wait till the credit card bills start coming due, right? If I mean, hell, most Americans don't even have credit cards. I mean, up until 80s, pawn shops – really – Past that into the 90s, and even now, pawn shops are, are a credit source for a lot of people. In order for a lot of people to get $1,000, they have to pawn in grandma's special do-dig from 1890 and get a loan on it to get money. My uncle actually owns a pawn shop. I'm very familiar with them. So what are you telling the, the 75% of Americans out there who don't have the flexibility of good credit or – or able to access five hundred or a thousand or two or three thousand dollars in a jam. What are you telling them? Run yourself broke. We'll send you twelve hundred more dollars in the mail, or maybe we won't. We don't know yet because the House and Senate can't even come together to pass the damn bills. Coleman said something earlier. He said I put COVID positive patients in the nursing homes. We know he did that, right? This is a huge thing. Uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of the deaths in, in New York City. And New York State as a whole came from nursing homes because we put COVID – we, we, we forced – he forced, not we, he. He made the decision. He made the, the directive, the state directive to do so, to put thousands of those patients, elderly patients, the ones who are the vulnerable ones. They were forced. Nursing homes were forced, and those patients were forced to go back in the nursing home who weren't prepared to handle such a crisis, such a virus as COVID-19. So he says today, he says, I put COVID patients into nursing homes due to federal discrimination laws. This has got to be the dumbest argument I've ever heard. You know, people have been on him for days about what he did, about forcing nursing homes who did not have the ability to take care of these patients and stuffing them into rooms that shared ventilation with people that didn't have COVID-19, the vulnerable population that didn't have COVID-19. We should have built walls around nursing homes. We should have put fences up and not let anybody in except staff until this virus came to a complete halt or we had a cure for it. Instead of doing that, and we knew from the beginning that people aged 60 and over or had underlying health conditions – were the most vulnerable and should stay home. This is how it should have been from the beginning. But instead of admitting, hey, you know what? I made a mistake. I made the mistake. This is on me. I screwed up. Instead of doing that and having some class, he says, I put COVID-positive patients 
back into nursing homes. I forced nursing homes to take them. He blames it on the federal government. The federal government did it. Donald Trump did it. Donald Trump didn't do that. Donald Trump did not give that state directive. Federal discrimination laws do not cover nursing homes that don't have the ability or the equipment to take care of the patients that come to them. They have equipment to take care of elderly patients. They have the staff to take care of elderly patients, but they don't have N95 breathing masks. They don't have enough ventilators. They don't have separate spaces that don't share ventilation to put these folks. So while he's out laughing on his brother's TV show on CNN yesterday and the day before and the day before that, people's parents are dying. They're dead. They don't come back to life. They don't get to joke on news channels. They're dead. D-E-A-D. They're in the ground. And they're having a funeral where only 10 people can come because of the current guidelines. You know, we knew from the beginning social distancing worked. Right? We knew that. We knew that social distancing worked. We knew – well, i got to be honest with you. This whole mask thing, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of confused on too because at first we heard that unless it was an N95 mask, regular face masks didn't work. We were told not to wear them. Don't wear those masks because you'll be standing closer together. They'll spread COVID more. Don't go outdoors. Stay locked in your apartment. Stay locked up in your house. Stay in your basement. Get the bomb shelter out. Uncover it. Uncover some bomb shelter food. Your grandparents probably have some from 1941, some canned water that's probably still good. Suffer, America. Suffer so we can get through this crisis together. We were scared. We were herded. Although we know that COVID-19 has a 95% survival rate for those who are healthy. We know that a lot of people get this virus and they don't even show symptoms. We know that a lot of people get this virus and they get the flu feelings for a few days and then they go on about their life. 95% survival rate. And we huddled and cowered in our houses and our apartments like bombs were being dropped on us by Nazi Germany. This fact. The crisis is going to create years and years of economic turmoil for a lot of people. There is going to be so much debt. Markets are going to collapse. Housing markets are going to collapse. Yeah, everything might be looking good right now. The stock market is doing very well. I happen to know a little something about the stock market, and I watch it all the time. I studied it for years. The problem is, is that once credit cards come due, once back rent becomes due, because it still has to be paid, once that becomes due, where's that money coming from? It can't continue to come from the federal government. We're trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars more in debt. Like our federal debt wasn't bad enough. We're trillions of dollars in debt more in the last 60 days than we've ever been in the history of the world. Think about that. At the end of the day, you and I have to pay our own bills. That should scare the hell out of a lot of people, a lot of people, and it should make you start thinking, is this lockdown worth it? 
You know, if you're in Minnesota, you can't buy cans of paint. Stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. But anyway, let's get on to the show title because apparently I've got to cover all these notes, and I've been going on and on for the last 29 minutes about how frustrating today's news was. But we're going to do this every day at noon, well, every weekday at noon anyway, so we'll have plenty to cover. Um, So we have some arguments here, and this was a big argument this past week. It was – and this is like the speaking point now of media, so I want to cover it. Speaking point, 25,000 lives could have been saved if we would have locked down a week earlier. So this is the talking point this week in the American media market, right? This is their sticking point. This is their their big stick it to you. Ha, ha, he, he. Bounce this one. Yeah, how do you like this? We could have saved 25,000 more lives had we locked down a week earlier. Yet we don't talk about how many lives we've lost because of the lockdown, depression, alcoholism, suicides, um, financial just turmoil um, is coming from this lockdown. Do you think that was twenty? You think we're going to lose twenty five thousand lives over over that in the next six or seven months? I bet you we do. I bet you we do. Suicides are already up. Domestic violence is already up. People going crazy because they have their kids at home all day, which is kind of stupid because during the summertime, you have your kids home all day. But I get it. We weren't ready for it. We weren't used to it. We were forced to lock down. So those of you who have been following this COVID crisis like I have and like a lot of other people have know that we reacted once we had the news. Once we had the ability to know what was going on. The country reacted. The president reacted. And I'm not going to say here whether I like or dislike Donald Trump. I'm not a big Donald Trump fan. i got to be honest with you. I'm not. I think he's a good guy. Yes, I do. And maybe you'll hate me for saying that. But again, as I said in the beginning of this show, I think most people are good people. I think sometimes we go we, – the way we choose to handle things, maybe not so good. But do I think that people have good intentions? Absolutely. You're a fool if you don't think they do. But what if the Chinese government would have been upfront about what was really happening? What if we had the right information to react? December 31st, China and the World Health Organization knew there was a virus on the loose. They knew it. All right? Wuhan, China was the epicenter of this. We've proven that through intelligence and medical records and medical experts and everything else. We knew it. But they came out and said, December 31st, that it was a a pneumonia-like illness. They didn't say, oh, my God, we've released a pandemic. This is going to be a global pandemic. They said that Wuhan, China, and China as a whole had a pneumonia-like illness, but it was being taken care of. On January 7th, China finally admitted that it was a new type of coronavirus. Coronavirus. Not a pneumonia-like illness, although, yes, pneumonia symptoms come from coronavirus because it attacks the lungs. We know that, but that's not what they said. They didn't, also didn't say how contagious that it was. Thailand then reported the first case from Wuhan on January 13th. So from December 31st to January 13th, about two weeks, the only thing we knew was there was a pneumonia-like virus. And that it had now spread from China to Thailand, which is in the same geographic area. 
How about this? What were Democrats and Republicans doing, both, in January? They were fighting over an impeachment, a failed impeachment. So both the Democrats and Republicans, and the president for that matter, were focused on a failed impeachment attempt brought to you by Pelosi and Democratic Party members. Party line votes, actually, if you want to get really specific about it. So in January, the focus wasn't on this pneumonia-like illness in China that had just spread to Thailand and been finally classified as a coronavirus. The country was concentrated on – all the, the, the political country was concentrated on a failed impeachment. Okay, so cut to crap. No one was thinking about coronavirus in January. Even so, China and the WHO downplayed this from the beginning, from the absolute beginning – they downplayed this. January 20th, about three weeks after December 31st, after China and the WHO first recognized a pneumonia-like illness. January 20th, China reported 282 cases. Thailand reported two cases. Japan won and Korea won, if those numbers are even correct. I don't even know. These are the numbers we were able to find on the World Wide Web. I don't know if they're right or not. According to the world, these are the correct numbers. Who knows? The thing about this is, during that time, China, Thailand, Japan, and Korea were still allowing people to travel international. They were locking down their own communities while still saying to people in their countries and people coming into their country that you can still come and go as you please. Yet they were locking down their own people. So they knew well before and something was up. They weren't sharing that with the rest of the world. They were keeping a lid on it. So not only in January were we focused on a failed impeachment, we were also being told that it was safe, that they had it under control, that it wasn't spreading. On January 23rd, the intelligence community briefed President Trump for the first time about COVID-19. The briefing said that the coronavirus from China is poised to spread globally, but the good news is that it is not deadly for most people, which that last part actually turned out to be true. It's not deadly for 95% of the people who get it. January 28th, when he was told that the spread was happening outside of China and the death remained all inside of China, he was also told that China is not sharing key data. Of course they weren't in January. We just covered that. They weren't sharing anything other than the fact that people were sick, but it's not as deadly as people think it is. They were trying to play it off like it was the flu, like it was just a heavy strand of the flu. Like something like influenza. Now, the flu kills 80,000 people in this country a year. Let's not go there. We don't all lock down every year because the freaking flu is coming around. No, we deal with it. Right? We take flu shots. Now, granted, we don't have a flu shot for coronavirus, but we've learned that there are a lot of other things we can do besides being locked down. Like social distancing, like face masks, like all the stuff we were told from the beginning didn't work. The reality is it did work. We were full. We were corralled into locking our doors, shutting our windows, closing off all contact, human contact with society, giving up all of our freedoms, our job, our money, which some people won't have. A lot of people won't have jobs to go back to. All for something that has a 95% survival rate. You can't get much more stupid than that. 
Trump imposed a travel ban from Asian countries on January 31st, just a week and a half after, and just one day after the WHO declared a global health pandemic. One day after the WHO, the World Health Order declared a global pandemic. Within 24 hours, he shut it down. When he was finally given the right information, information he could use to make an intelligent decision, he made that decision within a day, within 24 hours. He shut down all travel from China. Not all travel, but the vast majority of domestic travel was shut down. The only people that could come in the country were family members and citizens. That was it. This should scare the hell out of you because it shows you how easy it is for a country that uh, is irresponsible to infect the rest of the country and then lie about it. And then claim through propaganda that it really wasn't from China. U.S. troops were the ones that were spreading this virus. <clears throat> All lies. Every bit of it a freaking lie. We were the first country to do such a ban. In fact, President Trump was called a racist and a, and a xenophobe. We shouldn't have done it. The Democrats called him that. That's fact. Sound bites everywhere. I should have put some sound bites on the show for you today, which I will make up for that next week on Monday's show. That's fact. This, all this is factual information. You know, a week or two later, you had Nancy Pelosi in Chinatown in San Francisco with no mask, no gloves, anything, saying, oh, it's okay to come out to Chinatown, support Chinatown, support everything. That's what she was saying a week, after the, a week or two after the president of the United States gave an order of a travel ban, a travel ban that was based on factual information, health information, information that was really, really, really important. So let's play the what-if game, right? Let's play this what-if game, right? Like, you know, like where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? What if? What if? <laughs> how could we make this better? What if we would have had a spy in Wuhan, China? Right? What if we had a spy sitting next to the person who, who, who accidentally – and I believe it was accidentally released. I don't think this was intent, intentional – who accidentally released the Wuhan flu, right? I can't say Wuhan because that's xenophobic and racist and every other thing under the book, right? How dare I say that, even though that's exactly where the virus came from. It came from Wuhan, China. That is factual. We know that through intelligence, through medical experts, through doctors, through records, through research. We know that it came from Wuhan, China. Give me a break, man. So what if we would have had a spy in Wuhan? Would we have been able to react any differently or any faster? What if any other government would have warned us on January 1st the real story behind this pandemic, that it wasn't uh, a pneumonia, just a pneumonia-like illness? Right? They knew, China knew from day one that they had a pandemic, a global pandemic on their hand. They knew it. And this is supported by so much intelligence. They refused to share that information with people, the people, the same people that got it and died from it. Those who were 60 above with outlying health conditions. Those who were just unhealthy people those who would have trouble getting through the next flu season. China shut down the world's economy. That's the power that they have. That is scary. 
the United States, hands down, is the best country on the planet. I don't care. I've been out of this country. I've seen third world countries. Coming back to this country was always a sigh of relief. Yet China was able to shut it down. And instead of blaming China, holding them accountable, we want to hold accountable a president who reacted as quickly as possible to make sure that American casualties were limited. How about this? What if the WHO, the World Health Order, the one that we fund billions and millions and millions of dollars with every single year, what if the WHO had been more forthcoming? What if? The reality is that a country can only react as fast as it gets factual information. That's it. That's as fast as it can react. When others are telling untruths or being dishonest, there's nothing we can do until we learn the facts. Just like we're learning facts now. Facts is okay to be outdoors. Facts that if we sit six foot apart, we'll probably be okay. Facts that if we six, sit six feet apart with mask on, we'll probably more than likely be okay. I found this funny meme online, COVID-19 facts. Now, this is just funny. This is not factual. Although it says COVID-19 facts, it's not factual. The virus can travel six feet. It cannot travel six feet, one inches or greater. It can live on all surfaces except anything that comes in the mail from Amazon. But it doesn't live in Target. It doesn't live in Walmart. It doesn't live in Home Depot or Lowe's or any grocery store. It is only deadly in bars, restaurants, small businesses, hair salons, and especially, especially churches. And it cannot live on your food as long as you get it to go. Now, that sounds kind of corny and stupid, but it's, 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 think about that for a second. Think about the reality of that. That meme is, is a meme based on what we were told. None of it true. Now we're told that COVID-19 doesn't live on smooth surfaces very easily. Now we're told that if we sit six foot apart, there's a good chance we could halt the spread and not get it. We're told that if we wear a mask and stay six feet apart, even better. But instead, we, and we were also, well, we also now know that it's nowhere near as deadly as we thought it was. The charts were wrong. All the charts were wrong, every single one of them. I mean, kind of like the, the political polls in last presidential election, right? So when do we stop trusting polls? When do we stop trusting information that we get? How can we trust what we're being told is even true? Because we're finding out a lot of what we we're being told wasn't true. It just scare the hell out of you. It makes you, makes you realize how important the decision to vote coming up is. You know, do you want to vote for someone – who has no proven history with the economy, especially when we're, our, our economy is getting ready to be as bad as, as the Great Depression? Or do you want to vote for someone who rebuilt an economy? Yeah, the economy is now in shambles, but that's not because it wasn't rebuilt. That's because we were scared into believing we would die if we went to work. You know, I like money. I like my money. I'm sure you like your money. Money is very important to me. It's extremely important to me. One of the biggest reasons why I vote is because of financial reasons. 
as I'm sure a lot of you do. This isn't about Republican or Democrat. This is about feeding your family and your children. It's about paying your rent. It's about paying your debt. It's about paying your credit card bills, your car payments, your car insurance, your health insurance, so on and so forth. We're going to take a quick break for commercial. We will be back shortly, and we will finish off this first ever awesome podcast from TelegraphLocal.com. This podcast is brought to you by Telegraph Local, telegraphlocal.com, the web's only real opinion-free breaking news platform. At Telegraph Local, our team reports and delivers real facts for real reporting. In this day and age, facts are extremely important. Facts matter. Real news matters. The only real place to find these facts is on telegraphlocal.com. So if you like many, many, many others, are tired of the same misconstrued reality of the world and of the current aggressive political landscape, come on over to telegraphlocal.com. We'd love to have you. Read, comment, share. Telegraph Local, your opinion-free news headquarters. All right, guys, we're back from commercial break. I want to go through, and you know, there's some talk about President Obama, President Obama, that he briefed the Trump team on national preparedness. This this doesn't happen. Or this happens for every single president coming in. They're briefed on tons of stuff. Their team is briefed on tons of stuff, right? National preparedness, national debt, uh, the military, uh, health, uh, any type of crisis, any type of non-crisis. They need to know. They run the free world. It's important that they know this stuff, right? I would think so. I mean, I'd want to know if I was a president. I, I wouldn't want to, who would want to really be president? Think about it. Are you kidding me? I'd rather be on a podcast. Anyway, let's get some, some facts straight. So there has been a national preparedness plan with every president going back to the Clinton administration as far as modern, all right, as far as a modern national preparedness plan. It's been there. Every president's had one, right? Every president has had a chance to beef it up. Clinton, Bush, and Obama, all of them had a chance to beef our national preparedness program up, every single one of them. Not just Trump. Not just Trump. Unfortunately, all of the preparedness programs for every one of those presidents found funding either drastically cut from the budget or no budget at all for the last 20 years. And that was done through the Congress and the Senate, both Republican and Democrat. It wasn't a big deal to the country, to the leaders of the country, to have a plan in place in case – a global pandemic hit as bad as COVID-19. Just not Donald Trump. He happens to be the one holding the bag. If this would have happened on any other watch, the same thing would have happened. The intelligence would have been just as crummy. The reaction probably would have been just as swift. Just because Trump is the one sitting behind the seat doesn't mean if someone else was sitting behind that seat, the same thing would not have happened. This preparedness quote-unquote program that was given to the Trump administration was a book. It was a manual. Look, I made it to page two of the notes. Yay! It was just a manual, guys. Okay? If Obama's disaster preparedness program was so strong, why did it not have stockpiles? Stockpiles of masks, stockpiles of gloves, stockpiles of ventilators. Why wasn't it there waiting? If we'd had 20 years to prepare for something like this, why wasn't it prepared for? If they knew something like this could happen, the last three presidents over the last 20 years, now on the fourth, 
if they knew this could happen, why didn't they have storage places full of N95 masks? Why didn't they have storage places full of gloves and especially ventilators? Why not? Why is it just Trump's fault? It's because Trump was the one sitting in the seat when it happened. It's a scapegoat. That's all he is. It's just a scapegoat. A scapegoat, man. That's all it was. President Trump's handling COVID-19 after it reached U.S. soil was a disaster. That's one of the arguments. The reality is that the federal government is a backup for states. It's not the it's not supposed to be the babysitters of the states. It's not the federal government's job to be the babysitter of every state in the country. The federal government is a backup. You go to the federal government when you don't have another choice, when you need funding for something, or you need medical supplies for something. And I agree with that. The medical supplies were not initially available. That's fact. You know, whether you want to hate me for saying that or not, I'm not pro-Trump. I'm not anti-pro-Trump. I'm pro-reality. The federal government provides federal funding and federal disaster relief, but that does not mean it can control each state or the emergency response of each individual state. This is up to the governor of the state. The governor of a state is the president of a state. That's what he is. Why didn't these states have individual contingencies for a mass disaster? Why didn't these states have enough ventilators for a huge disaster? Why, when they failed to be able to contain and control their own cities and states, was it now Donald Trump's fault? Why? Where's Cuomo to blame in this? Cuomo's not a hero. He sent thousands and thousands and thousands of elderly people to their deaths by ordering them back to nursing homes and then ordering the nursing homes to take them, knowing those nursing homes did not have capabilities to handle such an epidemic. Trump hired Dr. Foss, an expert to handle the COVID-19 crisis. When the states needed ventilators, etc., he worked hand-in-hand with them to get them everything they needed as fast as possible. He even sent the USS Mercy to New York City, a ship with a huge capacity, yet only 30 of the beds were used. Only 30 of the USS Mercy's beds were moved. The USS Mercy was mobilized in a matter of weeks and got to New York City in record time, ready and willing to take on any patients they had. Yet they only, had, they only took at the end 30 beds. Trump listened to all of his medical experts with Dr. Fossey in the lead. Dr. Fossey, by the way, has been the recipient of the Arthur S. Fleming Award, the Presidential Medal of Freedom, and many, many other awards. The guy's top-notch. He's worked for both Bushes, Clinton and Obama. He's been in the White House for a zillion years. A zillion years. This guy has been the White House go-to guy for anything like this. For multiple presidents, both Republican and both Democrat. He even, even he has clearly stated on several different interviews that Trump has listened to every recommendation he has made, every single one of them. Not just Fossey has said this, every medical expert that has gone to the president with their advice and their knowledge, he has listened to. So this isn't about Trump. This is about an oval, overall country that was not prepared. This is about 
an overall world that hid facts from Americans and from Europeans and from Germans and from Russians and from, from South Africans and from South Americans and from everywhere. The World Health Order helped do that. China helped do that. Not Donald Trump. Not Republicans. Not Democrats. China and the World Health Order helped do that. Because these are all factual things. This is reality. This is what really happened. Don't allow yourself to get it skewed. Don't allow yourself to think that it's all President Trump's fault because as many flaws as Trump has, as many flaws as all of us have, he can't take the blame for this. Were there some mistakes made? Absolutely. But there were mistakes made everywhere. Governor Cuomo made a lot of mistakes, ordering thousands of, of elderly people, vulnerable people to their deaths, giving them no choice. You have to go back. We have to clear hospital beds. We have to clear all this room because we have all these impatient these people coming in, all these sick people coming in. Yet when he had the backups, when he had the USS Mercy out there, he only used 30 of the beds. When he got thousands and thousands of ventilators, he ended up donating a lot of them. Now, a lot of the ventilators that, that he got, they were never used. They were still in boxes. They were sent out to other states and other countries. And it's just not Cuomo's fault either. It, it's, it's every, this is a collective of mistakes made. Mistakes I'm sure we're going to learn from. Mistakes that I bet won't happen again if this happens. I guarantee you, from this point forward, throughout life, there is going to be warehouses all over the country with stockpiles of ventilators and stockpiles of masks and stockpiles of gloves to make sure this never happens again. But don't lose sight of the reality of this pandemic. This was a pandemic made through dishonesty. It was made by people not knowing the real facts. That's just the truth of it. Whether you want to believe it or not, those are the facts. And, and all the facts back that up. If you want to take an honest and open look at them, that's the reality of this. Don't get it confused. Research it for yourself. Anyway, I am getting ready to end our first ever awesome, super cool episode podcast of telegraphlocal.com. I want you to know that if you are looking for real fact-based news, opinion-free news, just the facts and all types of stories, breaking, non-breaking, all over the world, especially here in the United States, telegraphlocal.com is a place you need to go. It's free. There's no payment wall. We don't charge you. It's all free news. All right. We are allowed to be here from advertising dollars. We are totally ad-supported. We're not the New York magazines where you have to have a payment wall to get in to pay a dollar a week to watch to read their news. We don't need to do that. It's solid. It reports on a lot. Go to telegraphlocal.com. Check us out. Read through some of the stories. Join the site. Comment. Have some fun. Start putting Telegraph Local and telegraphlocal.com into your daily news reading. I guarantee you won't be wrong. I am getting ready to get off here. We will be back Monday at 12 noon, 12 noon, noon, noon high, high noon, whatever you want to talk about. And we're going to be covering some even more topics. Um, Monday, we're going to be covering a myriad of things um, from the COVID crisis to some other states through what's going on in Michigan, a lot of other current events. Stay in, stay tuned, download us, listen to us, share us. And we will see you Monday at noon.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.